On today's show, the Cavs didn't have Donovan Mitchell, but they took care of business in Charlotte because there was no sting. Do Hornets sting? I don't know, but this is the metaphor I'm going with. Let's talk about it on a new episode of Locked on Cavs. You are Locked on Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Today's episode of Locked on Cavs is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your broadcast for basketball franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on the App Store. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON. That is all caps in the game. All right, I'm Chris Manning. That's Evan Damerel. This is produced by Jake Stevens. The music you heard on the way in is from our friends at Astro Radio. Evan, you're not in class. What's up? So, Hornets, you asked, do they sing? Yes, they absolutely do sing. And the difference between yeah. bees and hornets is uh, hornets can survive a sting. Bees, meanwhile, rip out their intestines every time they sting. So, interesting fun facts. Uh, insect facts with Evan. Anyways, okay, yeah, just... the, ca- the Cavs maced i don't know maced um they went to like your sprayed. local heart yeah they used bug spray um so very was, easy like, with videos of the dudes who flamethrower hornet's nests like it was that kind of situation it's like the the stranger things meme but like on hornets instead of the upside down you know like where that guy's got the flamethrower and he's just like at least they are yeah, marble hornets so huh, that sounds scary yeah, all right know. so very easy win for the Cavs, Evan. No Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell. He gets that mm-hmm. off as he's uh, injury managing that injured finger. Obviously, no Jared Allen. Don't know yet if he's going to play Wednesday against Philly, but uh, I would. it seems like I would if he does, no. I don't really. And I don't even know what that would look like if he did. Here's, here's what I think oh, just matters goodness. from this game. Yeah, well, he needs goggles. He should wear goggles. I'm very firmly on the fact that he should wear goggles. That'd be cool. Yeah, but this game, they just cruise. The Cavs cruise. They got an easy win. This is just like a really nice March win against a bad team. That that's that's all this is. That that is the significance of this game to me. It's that simple. I I'm in full agreement with you. Uh, when I talked with Justin Rowan about this for Tuesday's show, like what to watch for in this game, I was curious to see how Cleveland would kind of adjust. They had that emotional hangover in Miami. They had just the South Beach nightlife in general to deal with. And they came into Charlotte on daylight savings and looked a little lethargic out there and, you know, didn't look fully like themselves. And then you see there's no Donovan Mitchells, clearly no Jared Allen as well. So, like, there's a little bit of reason for concern coming in. But the Cavs came in. They imposed their will on Charlotte early and they didn't really let their foot off the throat or the thorax of the Hornets until the very end of this one. And, Golly, man, like the Hornets are a dreadful basketball team. But like you said, like they took care of business. And I think more than anything, like the role players stepped up in this one big time. Karis LeVert had a huge game. Jetty Osmond was massive. Of course, Darius Garland and Evan Mobley were great as well. And I'll touch on them in a second. But I think the Cavs being able to lean on these role guys and maybe get some fresher-ish legs heading into Wednesday's game against Philly is super beneficial, especially when you still have a very slim chance of securing the three seats somehow. 
Yeah, I mean this this sets the stage for Wednesday. This is about getting the cat getting through healthy. This is about getting the Cavs in a position to just have the most energy possible. Like, I mean, the most important person that, that applies to is Mitchell. Because if Donovan Mitchell is fully go, his finger feels a little bit better. There, you know, there's been some reporting about how like he's like like this might be like a couple week thing if this was late mm-hmm. in the year. Like he's playing through it and it's uncomfortable. He's like doing extra shooting drills to have himself get to get more comfortable. He's like having it bump back into place when he's shooting. It's like a whole thing. This is like a real annoyance, and yet we're here. And like they're they ha- they have this big game. He's playing through it. He's he's a competitor. He's a winner. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. All you needed to do here was win. You could have looked ahead and all that stuff. And like I like there's not there's not like Evan. There's not a single like tactical thing that I will say like okay like I need to go back to the the March 14th Cavs Hornets game and pull up this certain set because like that's just not what this game was. That's not what it is. No, and that's okay. Uh- <sighs> Again, Justin Rowan and I talked about this. Like, there's not a lot you can take from these games anymore just because a lot of these teams are either priming themselves for the draft lottery or, in Cleveland's case, priming themselves for a playoff run and maybe not obviously showing their hand and maybe showing what they have playoff wise. Like, there's not a lot left that you can figure out with this Cavs team. Like, you can't squeeze blood from the stone at this point. But if anything, I think this, and I, thankfully it happened like it gave us some of the other rule guys that you're maybe hoping can be like that ninth tenth man or a break class in cage of emergency come playoff time guy a little bit more of a rhythm a little bit more confidence you saw it for sure with jetty and karis tonight but dean as well i think maybe even danny green getting a little bit of burn as well is just beneficial for him too and obviously the rotations seem pretty much set about eight or nine players but again just getting a guy with like a little bit more flow within the offense probably helps a lot in the long term dean wade just getting up some shots is like good for dean wade i don't that's, think like dean wade that's like my biggest well. thing like he yeah he didn't play well but him the fact that he's like at least not showing hesitation on the perimeter is a positive sign it's it's something it, it's at least like it, it's it's at least like dean wade being able to go out there and like play and, and get a little bit of run through um evan mm-hmm. I, I you hit you hit on something in our doc our planning doc that i i think we should just hit on the last couple minutes of this segment absolutely the, so the chemistry between darius garland and evan mobley is i think hit a really high level i think mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure the last time i think it's and it's not by an insignificant margin mobley garland to mobley is like a more frequent duo this year than than garland to allen which seems like a crazy thing considering last year like that was such, the, the the garland to allen thing was such a prolific duo but mobley and allen is like a great duo every lineup with them pretty much works and like the mobley the mobley small lineups like mm-hmm. where mobley's the five and it's shooting like most of them are garland at point guard and like i think that feels very intentional i think that feels right these guys are like very much in sync and like it's it's growth i think in darius's part and on feeding another kind of big but it's also like evan evan's really really improved and grown up as a as a role man as a finisher and yeah it's just it mobley his offensive growth and leap i guess you want to call it catching up to just how good he has been defensively all season long it's just been crazy to watch but yeah, the, the two-man chemistry between Mobley and Al, or sorry, Mobley and Garland is great because like you said, Garland and Allen have it's their bread and butter for the Cavs. Like the pick and roll they operate with, whether it's a lob or a pass after the fact, or Garland getting a clean look 
anywhere on the floor. That's 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 a good play to have in your wheelhouse if you're Cleveland. But it makes you a little static at times because teams, especially last season, started knowing like, hey, the Cavs like to run a lob out of the pick and roll for Jared Allen to open a game just to maybe set the tone and get Allen going. And teams started defending that a lot better. So making that more multifaceted and building that repertoire with Mobley is helpful. And I think Allen and Garland, that's a great combo you have right there, but it has its limitations. With Evan Mobley, there's the playmaking, there's the shooting upside, there's a little bit of the defensive stuff, there's the fact that like he can be the ball handler in certain plays as well, Garland playing off ball or acting in the pick and roll between the way they do. And like the fact that Mobley isn't so adverse to setting harder screens now is super helpful for this too. But there's just a lot of just neat stuff. And it's like on a cerebral level too. Like Garland had a shot that wasn't, or tried to find a shot that wasn't there, did a quick 360 and dumped it to Mobley who was trailing and Mobley got a clean look at the basket. Like it's just small stuff like that, that you come to appreciate as these two continue to grow and blossom and, and hopefully become the face of this organization for the better part of the next decade. Mobley in the little clip they showed of him, um, not understanding what, a unicorn was it was very funny to me because of course like Evan Moby's like I don't understand what that means but I guess it's a compliment and I'm just like of course he's the driest person ever but I think I also just like believe appreciated at times yeah I do too like he's very deadpan and everything but he's just like yes no or very straightforward answer (laughs) yes all right let's go on a break we're gonna come back we're gonna dive into our game awards for this one but first we have our Break in today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. Look, we're really geeked out here, locked on caps, about our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise? Well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. In this game, you're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating the franchise through free agency and the draft, and all of the ups and downs of a season. All of this is in a challenging and realistic game world. Often Pro Basketball GM is completely free and playable offline, play in the go as you want and when you want to. This seems like something that is awesome to do with friends. I know there's a lot of lockdown hosts in our, in our group DM that have loved it and embraced it, played through full seasons already. Been sharing their screenshot. It looks like a ton of fun. Right now, Lockdown Cavs listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON in the game score. Game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up in the app store. That's probasketballgm.com, Alton Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, we're back here in another dynasty, the Lockdown Cast podcast. I'm Chris Manning. It's just that, begun, that, and it's never going to end. Chris and I will true. be here forever and ever and ever. Well, that's a long time. I don't, you know. Locked on Cavs in the retirement home? Heck yeah. If we're doing that, we're just going to be like live on TikTok, and that's going to be like weird for, for everybody. Or whatever, so whatever like TikTok is for like whatever generation is like 90 bajillion after that. All right, so Evan, game awards. I, I mm-hmm. think you could go a lot of ways with MVP. So yeah, it was, you, you, you it, go there's first. a lot of options. I, I'm going to go with Evan Mobley at the end of the day just because 
it's just fascinating to watch his offensive growth and evolution, but like the defensive catalyst that he was tonight and just being such a huge fact in Cleveland to just clamp down on Charlotte defensively and every phase of the game like that that deserves a lot of recognition and to your point there's a lot of mvp candidates in this game it could be mobley it could be garland it could be lavert it could be osman it could heck it could even be isaac okoro if you want to be really weird about it if isaac okoro did something that makes just stands out at the end of the day. but it's just evan mobley he is evolving into cleveland's third best player maybe second best player just because of how consistent he's been lately but yeah, tonight was just one of those moments where you're like, yeah, he stepped up to play the five in Jared Allen's absence, and he was aggressive all throughout this game, which is exactly what you want from a guy that you kind of are putting the weight of the franchise on. I go Darius Garland. Um, I, I, you know, pick Garland, pick Lavert, pick Mobley. I think all of them are, are MVP worthy for this game. I, where I go with Garland is just the aggression. Darius Garland, when he's aggressive, is just like this other level of guy. He's getting really good at drawing fouls. He's getting really good at making defenses kind of react to him in the paint. And I know that's harder to do it sometimes with Mitchell when he's not doing all that. And I know the game will slow down in the playoffs and all of that. But like this is like another level to Garland I think is really, really fun to, to just kind of consider mm-hmm. what that kind of lock for him. Um, I'm not saying like we want to watch Darius Garland become like a free throw merchant, but like that is like a clean way for him to improve his, his efficiency. Uh, Evan, go to your play of the night. What do you have for that? What do you have here? Uh, oh, it's a super simple one. It's the Karis LeVert yam in the first half. Like that was just a filthy, filthy dunk to kind of encapsulate a very good night for Karis LeVert. I mean, shoot, he was, I'm looking at the numbers as we talk here, four or five from three, three point range. But that dunk was just like the exclamation point on a very definitive win for the Cavs. Really good game from Karis. It was like hitting his yeah. threes, playing active, playing engaged on defense. I, I, again, like we we keep saying this. I know you and Justin had a really good conversation about this. I talked about it on the Monday well, show. You, like you I, sparked it for sure. I tr- I try to at least like every one out of a hundred things, you know, be be somewhat useful to the discourse. But, but it's a it's a valid point. Karis Levert is doing everything the Cavs ask him to do, even if it's not the cleanest fit for him or the cleanest thing skill set wise. And the fact that he's kind of prioritizing over helping the team wins versus just kind of getting that bag in free agency is kind of intriguing to watch. The other person I want to shut off from this game, though, is Ricky Rubio, because I think he's looking good. I think his body and his movement is starting to look good. That When he's hitting those little like one legged fadeaways, mm-hmm. My 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 uh, eyebrows go up a little bit in interest. I think that's a fair observation. Rubio, shoot, had 11 points, five rebounds, four assists. He was consistently like a bench threat. I'm curious if there's somehow, some way over these last 12 games, if JB can utilize Rubio's kind of feeling more comfortable to get Dean Wade a little bit back into the fold. But <laughs> Rubio's been playing know. well, and I think it's that's beneficial for you because you need some of these pieces to start clicking off the bench and like, yeah, Karis Levert's playing well, uh, especially because there's no Donovan Mitchell. So it's him and Darius Garland. But like, if you can ride this Levert momentum into the playoffs and you have Rubio feeling a little bit more comfortable, at least you have two somewhat reliable options coming off the bench. It's just the eighth, ninth man is still a bit of a toss up right now. You know, if we're going to eight, I, I do. We haven't mentioned his name, and he played a very good game defensively. I think you still saw some of the things that make you go, "Okay, like, don't know if we can do this." But uh, yeah, Jetty Osman, twenty-four points, six of ten from three, three assists, no turnovers, just 
that dude will let shots rip. And I like oh, kind of yeah. really respect him for it. I, I really enjoyed in this game when he had Evan Mobley underneath the rim and he like tried to like Euro step around the big at the rim instead of like the obvious dump off pass. I'm like, Jetty, never stop being you. Just never stop being you and living your best life on an NBA basketball court. I really respect it. I respect it too. And I think if it's Jetty just trying to get minutes, if his shot is falling, like that mitigates the defensive issues. Like he provides you that spacing. So- I think somewhat. people are somewhat. Big, somewhat. If you're able to cover it up with like your defensive freak and Evan Mobley and have Jared Allen as backline support and you find Lamar Stevens grinding it a little bit too, like there's ways to limit the impact Jetty Osmond's lack of defense has on this team. And I think that's a pretty not easy fix, but it's 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 more simple fix than a lot of the other issues on this team. But like if his if his shot's falling, like you have to just kind of ride the wave and let him keep going and then Let's say he does a little too many of those cute Euro step plays and he's breaking a couple of his three pointers. Yeah, he pulled a leash, but you know, shouts and credit at least to JB for riding the wave of Jetty Osmond and not pulling the hook on him so soon. Wonder wonder if he gets any chance um in the playoffs. I, I wonder. I don't I don't know. It seems like you have a clear, to think like, so. <sighs> I mean, unless he keeps it a really tight eight and like maybe Lamar, the, the, maybe it's matchup. Maybe you need the threes and Lamar is not cutting it in that way. I don't know. That, that's a, that's a April question for you. Okay. So stat of the night, we have the same one. Um, just all the points off of turnovers because there was a point in this oh, game yeah. where the Cavs had like zero turnovers. They like obviously like just dominated this game. Like only, they only trailed for like three minutes and 56 seconds. The final total for points off of turnovers in this game for the Cleveland Cavaliers as I pull this up. Is thirty five points, thirty five off of nineteen off of twenty two, I believe Charlotte turnovers, nineteen from players, three by the team. So to, like to crystallize it, in the in the first half, Charlotte had fifteen turnovers, Cleveland had one. Cleveland scored twenty five points to Charlotte zero off of turnovers in the first half. Like they they put the clamps on them in the first half and just rode that from there. What a what a bat like. Like what a what a honestly good for both teams getting getting what they want out of this you know Charlotte yeah. gets to lose, Cavs get a win, you know everyone goes home happy. I did you did you I did enjoy I don't know if enjoy is the right word. I did get a kick out of the broadcast like repeatedly being like, you know it's really quiet in here. Yeah, um, like, I did get a kick out of it. I more so started noticing it after they pointed it out and like you saw more of a pulse from the fans when Austin hit like that crazy three pointer. It, whether it was the first half or the second half or when like Danny Green checked into the game. So, yes. hey, man. All right. Uh, getting whacked for Wemby is the, the Hornets mantra right now. Yeah, good, good for them. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to touch on Sam Merrill. There's nothing else for us to say about this Cavs game, but we'll talk about Sam Merrill. We're going to talk about why he gets to steal, why him. And also, I, I think there's some, there's some dumb dip discourse about him and other... Cavs wings who can shoot the basketball, which we'll we'll talk about after this. But first, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sports book of Lockdown. Look, the midpoint of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. 
a bet I really like is you know building parlays of 20 plus point scores. That's a fun way to pick through the different matchups, have fun with it. And obviously they have a ton of March Madness stuff right now because the tournament is here. So you can pick your you can pick your your pick your whole bracket, pick single games, all of that stuff is over in FanDuel. Remember, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. They even have a helpful little same game parlay mode to let you know what you can and can't do in those. Plus, uh, so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first but up to $1,000 in bonus bets when we go to FanDuel.com backslash lockdown. That's FanDuel.com backslash lockdown to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, back locked on Cavs. Chris Manning and Evan Damrell here with you. Evan, let's go into Sam Merrill. Uh, Cavs. Wow, you seem so excited about the Cavs signing Sam Merrill to a multi-year contract. Okay, so here, here's the thing. Do you want to do? I'm going to let you pick. And I'm ready to talk it. about the elephant in the room. Okay, let's do that. Let's let's we'll talk about that, and then we'll talk about like the the, the all the the discoursey discourse around it. Oh, I was going to talk about the discoursey discourse around it. So I, th- I it makes sense for the Cavs to sign Merrill to a multi-year deal. Okay, we'll start, maybe we'll, they sell we'll something. There. We'll start there. But maybe they sell something and shoot around practice, whatever. Like the Cavs have practices that the media can't, aren't available for whatsoever. So figuring out that fine line clearly. But like maybe Merrill showed you something. And like this is something you and I have stressed for a really long time now. This the, It's a path the Cavs use with a lot of their like 14th, 15th man guys and whether they're on two ways or just with the charge in general um they give him a burn mostly with the charge especially like in Merrill and dean wade's case and maybe there's enough intrigue there to keep them around for summer league and then eventually training camp and then you see how it goes from there like Merrill has that money and the Cavs can i mean play god a little bit with his financial future in the nba but at least control the fact that they can keep him in house and he's cops cost controlled depth and just I don't know. He's a solid third shooting guard off the bench for you. And you, if you need him in a pinch, that's great. You can use him that if you can rely on him. Yeah, look, I, I don't know if Sam Merrill's good. I don't think anyone does. I don't. Like, I, like the I, casual, I, think, but... I think he is good for the idea of just shooting. Like, it's a very... Yeah. thin layer of what he can provide for the Cavs and that's their biggest need so I think that's where people well, are kind of foaming at the mouths demanding he plays for some reason okay we'll get to the foaming at the mouth thing because that's weird and we'll talk about it the idea of Sam Merrill I think is like it's a successor to the Wade thing you shout out that's a successor to Lamar Stevens you signed to do a multi-year deal you had him in the G League you got an up close look at him he, he gives you something you think you need in a role player. He can shoot it. Like, he's 40% in the G League for his career, 40% as a Lumbiastin. was, like, a very good shooter in four years at Utah State. Um, obviously, like, he's a little bit older than those guys, so he's 26 right now. He's going to be 27 in May. This isn't, like, a 22-year-old prospect. This is a guy that was a four-year college player. He's a little he bit older. A, so He won a championship with the Bucks. Okay. But that sort of Mami Didi Akite. And, like, you know, I like, know, they were there good to for him. context get their of how long he's been in the league. I mean, that's, yeah, but it's like he's 26, like, and he's going to be 27 before next season. But before the, like, the Cavs could still be in the playoffs. He could be turning 27 years old. What he does well is shoot. And I think if you're saying, okay, like, we desperately need shooting, we desperately need guys that are willing to hoist it off ball, like, this makes sense. This is like the best option you have in house for that. This is why, like, he gets a 10 day versus, like, Sharif Cooper. And Sharif Cooper's, I think, inarguably been better in the G League this year. 
The other side of it is that, like, if you look at the structure of the roster, Dylan Winder's probably done. Like, say Livy Dylan Winder, like, it's it's not going to work. How, Evan, by the way, real quick, how did you feel when Dylan Winder and Sam Merrill on the court at the same time on Tuesday? Uh, it was a fun G League reunion. The charge guys with Merrill, Windler, uh, and Mobley playing together at the same time. And I mean, like, yeah, Danny I, Green I, getting some rep is great, too. But, like, those three that I mentioned before were playing a lot of G League games together over the last few weeks. It's like Merrill is going to come in and like he's that replacement. And he's also theoretically, depending on what happens with Jetty Osmond, uh, Jetty Osmond's contract is non-guaranteed for next year. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's elsewhere via trade. Maybe you don't guarantee it and he just leaves. Like this is like, hey, we have a really cost-controlled option to slide into those two roster spots. Do do I think they, are they sure that he's like a rotation piece? No, he's like 6'5". He's a little smaller than you probably like, but he can really shoot it, and maybe you could find a need for that, and maybe you could find some minutes for that as you go. And it's at least like a very cheap, like there's a re- there's not guarantees in year two and year three. Like you can just like, yep. does it work? You wipe your hands clean, you go find someone else to fill that roster spot. It's really not a big deal. Okay, let's talk about the, the weirdos on Twitter, specifically. I do not understand. I understand the Cavs need shooting. I, I have like... I think we both have been like this we, whole season. We are, being like, we are no strangers to the subject. The fact that the Cavs lack shoot. Yeah, we we like look like we've talked about the argument for Jetty Osmond. We talked about the importance of Kevin Love when he was able to shoot the basketball well. We've talked about Dean Wade and like how you kind of need him just to like make shots, and that would give you a lot of value. The idea that like you're just gonna like play Sam Merrill because he can shoot late in the season when you're playing for real things. When he is, he had this wacky foot sprain last year that required surgery, and I I think if you not exactly like he's still kind of working his way back fully, but just the idea that you would take this guy who you had in the G of the goal year but didn't sign and just like throw him into the deep end right before the playoffs to me is nonsense. That's nonsense. Well, that is that would be that would be coaching malpractice. Yeah, it's coaching malpractice. It's a, it's a disservice to Sam Merrill as well. Just like the fact that, like, hey, we clearly have future intentions with you after signing you're this freshly minted contractor and also just signing to a 10 day before this, but he, it just doesn't make sense. And coaching about practice is a good way to put it because I think people, again, just get too obsessed with the micro sense where like, oh, the Cavs need shooting. There's a clear answer on the roster. Everyone's like, well, now maybe Sam Merrill can play. Like that was the most common joke I saw from a lot of people that I consider friends, colleagues and everything like that. I'm just like, okay, let me give you the skizzy on this one. I don't go to a lot of charge games, but I went to plenty this year. I did watch Sam Merrill a lot just because the charge picked him first overall. And I think just the fact that he showed a little bit of a pulse of the charge, gives you some intrigue. Uh, to your point, Sharif Cooper is arguably the better player, but the Cavs are loaded at the point guard spot, and I don't know if like Cooper fits their long-term vision of like a heir apparent to Ricky Rubio backing up um, Darius Garland one day. So to your point, Merrill provides you shooting. He is a shooting guard by nature. He's not a small forward, but like I just don't think he's 100% after that ankle injury still. like I still think he's still trying to physically get back to the court and feel comfortable out there. And again, he wasn't in training camp with the Cavs this year. He was a draft pick by the charge. This is now an opportunity for J.B. Bickerstaff and his staff, and as well as the Cavs front office, to maybe evaluate him a little bit more up close with the guys at the mm-hmm. NBA level, whereas you're watching with the G League level instead, and get a better understanding of it. So when summer league rules are wrong, you get more footage with it. When training camp comes along, you get more data with it as well. And then you can evaluate things. And again, the Cavs have to really work within the margins they are 
right up against this luxury tax threshold with Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland being your frontliners money-wise. And you have to navigate this stuff and find cheap cost-controlled depth. And Chris, God, since I joined this show a couple of years ago, like we've been advocates of the Cavs doing this with the G League is similar to what the Heat did with their guys. And if it works, you keep them around longer. If it doesn't, you like you said, you cut bait and you just move on and look at someone else. And like, this is the Kobe Altman special. Yeah. It's not like he's not getting the Jordan Bell treatment, at least not for now, but he God, is on a similar a- contract structure <laughs> to what Lamar Stevens went through when he was on a two A or Dean Wade went through when he was on a two A. Sam Merrill's following a similar path. And if anything, it's a feather in the cap for the Cavs utilizing the charge or the two-way system properly to develop some guys. And like Isaiah Mobley is going to be another guy like that too. Like he may not get the Altman special fully, but he might get something similar to it where he's cheap cost controlled depth behind Mobley and Allen next year, because I don't know, you can maybe roll with those two, but you need a guy that's probably a little bit fresher than Robin Lopez soaking up some of those backup minutes at times. I think if you want to argue that a shooter should play, it's, it's Jetty and it's not Sam Merrill. It's it's Jetty, or I make the sneaky argument that if somehow Dean Wade found his shot and it, it's still not there, even though he shot it plenty tonight against Charlotte, that's your other option just because he's a little bigger and plays better defensively. Also, if if JB Bickerstaff was not going to play Danny Green, I don't think he's going to play Sam Merrill. That's my other argument. Like if Danny Green is available, I think that's. It's better than. No disrespect to Sam Merrill, but like Danny Green provides you perimeter defense and three point shooting. Sam Merrill is very hard on the defensive side of the ball just to kind of consume. And yeah, he's a movement shooter. But like, again, it's a thin layer, whereas Green is a little bit of a thicker layer because he provides you just a touch more than what Sam Merrill can give you. Yeah. All right. Let's end there. That's enough Sam Merrill discussion. Well, I, I guess like I don't even know how we'll do a season review of him because like what, what was there really to. To say other than he showed up and we'll have it was there. Jackson on the show chart. Fear the sword zone charge writer Jackson to talk about Sam Merrill. I don't think I really want to like do a Sam Merrill episode if I'm being honest with. Listen, man. We talk, but money screams and I think money's going to drive us no matter what. Anyways, subscribe to us on YouTube. If you okay, are our 4000 subscriber, I'll say thanks to you personally. Yeah, I'm able to do a giveaway. For- Four thousand. That could be fun. But thanks again. I for have a Donovan Mitchell bobblehead just sitting in a box. We might do a giveaway when we get to five thousand. So keep pumping those numbers up, folks. Yeah, five thousand. We'll do. We'll do a, a big giveaway. That would be fun. All right. Thanks again for making Locked On Cavs your first listen every day. Thanks again to Jake Stevens for producing. Check him out as the Marrier on Spotify or music platform of choice. Now make your second listen game to game NBA every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis only Locked on can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked on NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts.